This is The Space Shot, episode 228, for December 28th, 2017. Hannah Arendt, The Conquest of Space. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. You've probably noticed the episodes have been out at erratic times this week. I've been swamped at my day job and have been taking some more personal time the past few days to recuperate. I've also been packing up a lot of stuff for my upcoming move. I've been packing books, and that's always a fun experience because you've got to make sure they get packed in a way that they don't get damaged. I think I've already packed about seven boxes of books, and I've still got another few to go. This week I've also caught up on reading, done some work for the talk that I'm giving at the Cosmosphere in April, chatted with some friends, and enjoyed the holiday season as much as possible. Today's topic is a little bit different, and the last part of the podcast sets the stage for tomorrow's episode, so make sure you listen all the way through today's episode. Since about October, I've been reading The Daily Stoic, 366 Meditations on Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living by Ryan Holiday. As the title makes it clear, this book is a daily reader, and it's really addictive once you dive in. I'd recommend picking up this book because I have enjoyed it the past couple months. I've got a quote from December 25th that I want to share with you here today that kind of inspired today's episode. Quote, the mind must be given relaxation. It will rise improved and sharper after a good break. Just as rich fields must not be forced, for they will quickly lose their fertility if never given a break, so constant work on the anvil will fracture the force of the mind. But it regains its powers if it is set free and relaxed for a while. Constant work gives rise to a certain kind of dullness and feebleness in the rational soul. That quote was from Seneca on the tranquility of the mind, and it was the quote that Ryan Holiday discussed on December 25th. This quote hit home because of how busy I've been with work and the podcast the last, basically, month. Don't get me wrong, I love doing the daily podcast, and I have no plans of stopping. This quote just made me think about how I can take the last few days of 2017 to read up on some other things I've wanted to learn about, With that in mind, I decided to relax a little bit today by reading on a different topic, specifically political philosophy. You're probably saying to yourself that's not exactly relaxing reading, but it's definitely a change of pace. One of my favorite political philosophers is Hannah Arendt, and while I was in school, I was introduced to her works by one of my professors, Dr. Robles. I was going through my notes from those classes that I took, and I found that I had read an article called The Conquest of Space and the Stature of Man. Has man's conquest of space increased or diminished his stature? That article is by Hannah Arendt, who is a German-born American political theorist who fled from Germany after Hitler came to power. She was a prolific writer, and two of her most famous works are The Origins of Totalitarianism and The Human Condition. I mention that because I want to give you an idea about some of the topics that Arendt covered over her life before we talk about her essay on The Conquest of Space. First off, I want to address this because I'm sure some of you are asking how she can say we've conquered space. The title of this essay is The Conquest of Space and the Stature of Man. Has Man's Conquest of Space Increased or Diminished His Stature? 
I wish we have conquered space, as Arendt invokes numerous times in this piece. When Arendt wrote this essay, humans had started on the first tentative steps into space. The essay was published in 1963, and if we look at the space flights that took place before 1963, only five Americans and four Soviets had flown into space. The first commercial communications satellite, Telstar, was launched in 1962, hardly conquering that sector. During this time, there were some robotic lunar flyby missions that were successful. And lastly, before 1963, there was one successful planetary flyby when Mariner 2 encountered Venus in 1962. However, nitpicking the title of Arendt's essay isn't what I want to focus on today, because that's not what Arendt was looking at with the results of early spaceflight. Instead, she was examining what the capability to explore space, and to a larger extent, modern science, mean for the human condition. Arendt says that her main problem is that, quote, man can do, and successfully do, what he cannot comprehend and cannot express in everyday human language. This hits to the heart of what a lot of science communicators have to deal with. How are we, the layperson with no advanced scientific training, able to comprehend scientific concepts that defy how we perceive the world? I have two quotes from Arendt that I want to share here before talking about what this means for science communicators, historians, and writers. Arendt writes that, quote, The fact is not merely that the scientist spends more than half of his life in the same world of sense perception, of common sense, and of everyday language as his fellow citizens, but that he has come in his own privileged field of activity to a point where the naive questions and anxieties of the layman have made themselves felt very forcefully, albeit in a different manner. The scientist has not only left behind the layman with his limited understanding, he has left behind part of himself and his own power of understanding, which is still human understanding, when he goes to work in the laboratory and begins to communicate in mathematical language. Arendt continues a little bit later in the piece, quote, The categories and ideas of human reason have their ultimate source in human sense experience, and all terms describing our mental abilities, as well as a good deal of our conceptual language, derive from the world of the senses and are used metaphorically. Moreover, the human brain, which supposedly does our thinking, is as terrestrial and earthbound as any other part of the human body. It was precisely by abstracting from these terrestrial conditions, by appealing to a power of imagination and abstraction, that would, as it were, lift the human mind out of the gravitational field of Earth and look down upon it from some point in the universe, that modern science reached its most glorious and, at the same time, most baffling achievements. Apologies for those two longer quotes, I did want to read them because they do tie into what I want to talk about today and tomorrow. The way that science and history are communicated to the broader public becomes more difficult with the rising complexity of what we're talking about. I'm interested in communicating history and science in as clear a way as I possibly can, and reading Arendt's article really got me thinking about that. I'm going to talk more about Arendt's essay tomorrow because she draws some interesting conclusions that I want to examine in more detail. 
I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'd appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes. If you leave a review, screenshot it and send it to me at John Molnix pretty much everywhere on the internet, and I'll shoot you a Space Shot sticker and a little thank you. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss any of the daily episodes. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search the space shot or click the link in the show notes. Tomorrow, we continue the discussion of a rent and science communication. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>